I won't ask if you can all hear me at the back because it's not that good. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, when uh, when Tom asked me if um, uh, if I would do this, um, it it was in a real moment of weakness, and uh, uh, I said yes. <laughs> and and then I thought, my first thought was, what on earth have I let myself in for? Uh, I haven't done this for probably over 15 years, and um, uh, the next thought was blind panic. And then when that subsided, uh, and I looked at it, and I saw we were talking about the whole armour of God, which Paul talks about in his letter to the Ephesians, and um, what I was uh, particularly asked to talk about was the helmet of salvation. Okay. Um, And um, I'm not following any of my talk here. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) uh, now, the helmet, uh, helmet is basically a, a, a defensive piece of, uh, of armour, and it uh, wards off blows against the head, potentially one of the most vulnerable parts of our body, because if you hit people on the head, the chances are the outcomes will not be very good in almost all circumstances. Um, <clears throat> and uh, helmets were very... Uh, since people used to um, fight a lot in the... Uh, in biblical times, not like now, and uh, uh, the um, now if I can get the uh, the system to work, uh, yeah, and uh, this I think is what a helmet should look like, uh, except that for me the technology obviously never works. Ah, oh, there it is. There, yes. Now you recognise that? That's the sort of helmet that was used in those days, um, something to cover the whole head. Um, and uh, my first question was, really, well, what do we need to be saved from? Uh, we talk about salvation, but, but what is it? And um, uh, I, I was cantering around the, the New Testament and uh, occasionally stopped and looked at what Paul was saying, since he was the one who was talking about the whole armour of God. And uh, I came up with this uh, this list, uh, except that, oh, no, that's the last one, so, um, oh, well, here we go, uh, here we go, well, yeah, ah, oh, here we go, yeah, so let's just read it through quickly, sexual immorality, <coughs> impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. All a typical day, really, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Good old Paul. He had it right, didn't he? Uh, Those are the things that Paul tells us are the acts of a sinful nature. So how do we get involved in such things? Why is it that we're open to this? Well, if I can get the next one up. Ah, yes. Anybody know what Matthew 6.13 says? Okay, well, let's go that. Lead us not into temptation. Okay? So we all now know that we're talking about the Lord's Prayer. 
Now, this is the prayer that Jesus himself uh, uh, taught us. This is how we pray to the Father. And it's interesting that he should highlight temptation because temptation, he saw, was a very big issue in our lives, as indeed it was in his life. Uh, In Matthew 4, we're told that he was tempted three times in the wilderness. He looked at all that he could do in the earthly sphere. Uh, The devil tried very hard to get him to turn away from the spiritual uh, kingdom that he wanted to bring in to an earthly one. Um, But he resisted that temptation. Uh, And he had to come to terms with what he knew, the fate that awaited him, if he was going to see that spiritual kingdom here on earth. So he faced some challenges. Um, What challenges do we face? Uh, Well, we've... uh, uh, We've... um, Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've got a code to live by. God gave us that in the Ten Commandments. He set out fairly clearly and easily what it is we need to do to live godly lives. Okay, there's, you know, you can, you can interpret it, if you will. But if you've got a heart, you know what is right and what is wrong. But he does, God doesn't want mindless slaves that will slavishly go through everything and do it because he says you should. He gives us a choice. He gives us free will. And with that free will, he gives us the freedom to do the right thing or not to do the right thing. Okay. Um, we have the opportunity to ignore him and indulge in all those things that Paul was talking about. And so, if we are free to choose, we are, we are faced with that temptation not to. Uh, now, at this point, if you're still awake, um, I'll give you a little thing about temptation. Oh, uh, no, still not there. I'm the kiss of death to technology. Ah, oh, there he is. Yes. That's an R moment. And um, I included that particularly because it's a picture reminding me very much of a dog I know. Uh, um, and you can see him longingly there looking at his birthday treat, which clearly he is absolutely not allowed. <laughs> so we face the temptation all of the time. Uh, to choose between good and evil. And, and, well, what is evil? Well, for me, it's those actions and circumstances in which God is excluded. Now, it's not that God isn't there because he's omnipresent. He's there in everything. He is excluded by us, by those choices we make. And we make that conscious decision. Um, And Jesus understands that, and he warned us of that. Uh, Oh, dear, dear. Deliver us from evil. I tell you, I will get this right by the time we've finished. (laughs) The last slide. Yeah, the last slide. You've already seen them all. 
oh dear. Um, Jesus understands uh, evil, and he warned us of the risk. Deliver us from evil, he said. You've got to be asking for that. Because the insidious thing about evil is that it just doesn't affect me. If I take the wrong decision, if I go down the wrong road, it's not just me that affects. It affects Sandy, it affects my children, my family, it affects my friends. The ripples spread off, spread far and wide. Um, just think about those times when we, we can become sort of enmeshed in feelings of bitterness. It's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to many of you. You get bitter and resentful about things. And indeed, um, I, was, I was listening to uh, a guy doing um, uh, Thought for the Day on the radio a few weeks ago. He was a Buddhist. And uh, he was saying that bitterness and resentment are like holding a burning coal. The only person it hurts is you. Doesn't hurt anybody else. And that shows the, the almost the pointlessness of taking that sort of uh, ungodly approach. The ripples of temptation spread far and wide, and they usually almost always bring with it suffering and uh, the law of unintended consequences kicks into action and you never know really where it's going to end and it wouldn't be so bad would it if we were only tempted once you know um, but we're not we're tempted again and again and again and the more we give in to temptation isn't it the fact it comes back again more quickly do you know, I've had a long, a lifelong fight with, with putting on weight. Um, I don't think anybody who, who's known me for any length of time would know that I expand and contract at alarming rates. <laughs> okay. um, and uh, uh, it is because I uh, can't resist the temptation, and then I fight against it, and what happens, you know, I lose a bit of weight and I feel good about myself and then the temptation comes back. You know, it, it is something in all of us and that's the, uh, that's the way it always appears to be. Well, in all of this, I've got some bad news and I've got some good news. Okay, so I'm going to start off with the bad news and that is that we can't avoid experience temptation. That is what, how we are made. That is the way God made us, to experience the temptation because of the free will. But the good news is that we can confront it and we can overcome it. In the words of Bob the Builder, can we do it? Yes, we can. Okay, so how do we uh, resist it? Well, we do have a helper. Again, I'm not sure whether this is going to work. Yes, Psalm 121. I learnt this as a child, and it's been lingering at the back of my mind for these past 50, 60 years. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from. This is not the version I learned, by the way. That's why I have to read it out. Uh, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The help comes 
from the Lord. So we know that when we're facing temptation, um, we can get that help. And, and Jesus really knows that because, indeed, he was tempted more than once, you know. He didn't just go out to the desert, get tempted three times, and that was it. Not at all. Even right up to the end of his ministry, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, after the Last Supper, facing what he knew to become, he laid on the ground and said, Lord, may this cup be taken from me. He wanted out. He didn't want to go through that fun. But at the end of it, he understood, but not, not my will, but yours. Okay, so he understood that. Um, so how do we resist? We have a helper. So when we look to Jesus, and I'm now trying to come back to the helmet of salvation, when we look to him, what do we see? Well, that's the helmet of salvation we're talking about. This is my helmet of salvation. It's the crown of thorns. It's the sacrifice that Christ made for us. And the amazing thing about it all, it really is amazing, is that we do not have to do anything to earn it. Uh, we do not, all we have to do is to live the life God wants us to live. And, in, and to do that, we have Christ's help. There is only one condition, that we have to repent of what we've done. Okay? We have to say goodbye to the old life and we have to mean it. Now, repenting, we can say, yes, I don't like any of that. I'm sorry for what I did. And we can say that with our heads. Yes, I'm sorry. But we need to take the longest journey a Christian can actually take, and that is the journey from the head to the heart, the whole 18 inches. It's not just responding in... Um, in, in, in intellectual terms it's responding in emotional terms now I, I don't know if any of you know but I trained as a scientist uh, and I learnt to analyse situations and to be very logical about things um, and yet as you probably heard earlier on I'm quite an emotional person there are those two sides to me, I know that. And I had to make, when I became a Christian, it made sense to me logically. But I had to make that journey between understanding the logic and actually really believing it and feeling it myself. And that's not always an easy journey to take, I, I will confess. It can be quite a challenge at times. And it can be very frustrating. Um... In doing that, that means that when we are tempted, we have to admit that to ourselves. It's no good saying, yes, I shouldn't do that. I've got to really believe, no, I really shouldn't be doing that. We've got to admit it to ourselves. And the first part of uh, uh, redemption is to repent, to really understand it. And for the second part, it's to believe, 
to trust and believe that God will do it. He will be there with us. He will do it. Uh, he will help us. Um, and that trust is praying for God to help us. Praying that we won't be tempted again. Um, for those of you that are musically inclined, if you want to, a way of remembering it, is just to think of it as spiritual R&B. Okay? Yeah? Never mind. Yep. Some fall on stony ground, but never mind. <laughs> um, I don't think this has been an easy path for me to tread, and I know it hasn't been an easy path for Sandy to tread, especially when she made the mistake of marrying me. <laughs> um, but it's never too late to ask for his help, and his help is always there. I don't know, probably a lot of you know that, that little thing about footsteps, where you've got two footsteps, two sets of tracks in the sand where Christ is walking with us and that sometimes there's only one set and it's not because he's abandoned us but he's carrying us um, and we are never too heavy for him to carry <laughs> even when I go overweight <laughs> he is still not too heavy <laughs> okay um, also the another amazing thing is that we don't have to put the helmet of salvation on ourselves to be saved. We don't have to have the helmet on our head to ward off the blows. Christ wore it for us with his crown of thorns. He made that sacrifice. So he has already won that for us. The helmet of protection has been transformed into the helmet of life. Of love, sorry, uh, by that perfect gift from Christ. So, I've actually, uh, I've uh, almost come to the end now, so you'll be very pleased to know that. You'll be able to wake up in a minute. Uh, let's face the temptations that we encounter day by day. Uh, knowing that Christ has worn the helmet of salvation for us in the crown of thorns, and that as we face those temptations, we can be absolutely confident that he will be there to help us. We will be led away from temptation. We will be delivered from evil. Okay, so... I just conclude by saying the Lord's Prayer together. And hopefully it will come up eventually. Yes. So if we could say it all together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. <coughs> Awesome.